Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Carly, thanks for for coming in and sitting down. Okay, you're smiling and and you're just kind of bubbly, and it wasn't that way when you first came to Hardlight, was it? No. Okay, if you had to describe what was going on, what was happening in your life then? Um, I was very broken. Um, A lot of things was happening at my dance studio, at my new school. I was getting bullied. Um, I just had a lot of problems with guys. Like, I've always just struggled with needing, like, the affirmation. Mm. Um, And this year was when I really started acting on that, like, I guess, like, there was, like, a hole in my heart, and I felt like I needed to fill it with something, and I didn't know what to fill it with. And so I kind of just went to guys and getting attention from them. And so I was, like, sneaking out a lot. Yeah. Um, It was more of a coping school. Like, my parents say it was an addiction, but I don't really feel like it was an addiction. Um, I feel like I used it just to, like, throw away my pain and pretend like it wasn't there. And, um, yeah. Okay, so so you're saying throw away the pain. What pain was in your life that that you needed the affirmation of all these guys? Um, I feel like it was partially from my adoption, feeling like I wasn't good enough for my parents. Mm. Um, Also, I grew up in a really, like, strict household. Like, my dad expected a lot from me, still does. Um, I really never felt like I was going to live up to my dad's expectations. He's a pastor. Um, He's 70, and so he's very stuck in, like, his old beliefs. (laughs) And yeah, and uh, yeah, just like perfectionism. Um, I always went to private school, had to be kind of like put on Mm. this perfect show all the time. And I'm a dancer too. And so performance was always a big thing. And also like piano singing, just always like had to be perfect. And so you performed well. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So you could carry on a, a, a kind of a good look and a good attitude and yeah, but inside it was a little different. Yeah. I I have a lot of anxiety. Um, it's, I get really easily stressed out about just everything. Like I just worry about everything. I go home and I try to go to bed, but I can't stop worrying about things. Not as much now. I think it's gotten better because of meds and because of like being here, like back home, like I never slept. I was always just thinking about and worrying about what usually what everyone thought about me scared that like my dad was going to one day end up like making me leave or something. And so I feared that a lot. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, all that anxiety and the fear, not sleeping, you dealt with it Mm -hmm. by going out and getting with guys. And that was the, your distraction. Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody else goes out and smokes pot all the time. Somebody else goes out and drinks all the time. 
somebody else does more and more performance and covers up all the things. But at what point did you start to realize, okay, this isn't working? Um, um, probably like a couple of weeks before I came to Heartland, I realized that nothing was working. I wasn't getting any happier. Like whenever I was by myself and like I wasn't with a guy, I was just sad. And I started to realize that I was like, okay, this is the only thing that's really helping me. And like, this isn't how it works. Like my, all of my friends don't need this. Like, why am I the only one that needs this kind of like validation and mm. this kind of like self-worth? Cause my self-worth was so bad. I had no, um, what am I trying to say? Yeah, I had no self-worth yeah, yeah, and yeah. my self-esteem was really low. And yeah, I just, I thought I was crazy. I don't know what it was, but yeah, probably like a couple of weeks before I came here, I started to really realize it. Wow. Yeah. So when you got here, was it a sense of disappointment or what? Um, I remember my parents telling me about it on the ride here and I was like, oh, this is like, this is good. Um, this is what I need. But I didn't, I didn't know it would be this hard to like face my problems. Mm, mm. Um, I was motivated at the beginning, but, um, a couple of months in, I was just starting to feel like there's not, you, I felt like there's not really a way to change something like a problem that I have. And I still kind of struggle with that. Like I, I'm trying so hard and sometimes I feel like, okay, like sometimes I want to give up and I know that like giving up isn't going to like help. Like that's not going to do anything for me. And so, I mean, it was like, it was like, it kind of relieved me whenever I found out that my dad was trying to give me help. Cause I was like, okay, he actually, he actually like cares. Cause I, for a long time, I thought that my dad didn't actually care about how I felt. I thought he just wanted me to like go by his rules. And so it was kind of a relief. So that you could look good. Yeah. And because he's a pastor so that you can look good in his eyes and you can do all the things that he Mm -hmm. thinks you need to do. Pretty much, But yeah. the realization comes that maybe he really does care for you. Yeah. He just loves you in a different way. Mm-hmm. Okay, your adoption thing. Do you think back on that? And, I mean, in in the process of working through some of your stuff here, do you, have you looked back on that and, and realized that that's been a big part of these feelings that you've had? Um, I have a little bit. I, did, I had a group um, about adoption, yeah. and whenever I went in, I was like, this isn't going to help me. Like, I don't feel affected by my adoption at all. But um, I found out that, like, the baby, a baby's two fears are being, are falling and being abandoned. And I was abandoned at a really young age. And so I'm thinking back and I feel like that could probably tie into some of my, like, abandonment issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've been, like, trying to think about that and ask more questions, like, to my parents. And I met my biological mom and I want to, like, at least talk to her at some point and ask oh, her. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How but, was yeah. that? Um, it was good. I was really young. I was like 13. I don't really yeah. remember exactly yeah. how it yeah. was. Okay. When you look at yourself, how you were when you first came to Heartland, you look at yourself now, mm-hmm. what difference do you see? I feel like I have more confidence. Um, I don't rely on as much, like, I don't feel like I need validation from other people as much. I mm. feel like I can be okay with how I feel about myself and not me to be like, how do I look? Like, how am mm. I doing? I used to really rely on like what my dad would tell me, like if he was proud of me, I used to, that was where I based my self-worth. And mm. I've just kind of had to learn that I'm not always going to get that. And I need just need to learn to love myself and I can't love anyone else unless I love myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like my confidence has grown a lot. And I've also like learned how to manage um, me mm. and my dad's kind of like 
differences in our beliefs because I know that it's never going to be like my dad's going to completely change and what he thinks because he is older and he does have a lot of beliefs that... Well, how, yeah, because how old are you? I'm 16. Uh, you're 16 and he's 70 years old. Okay? Yeah. That is 54 years of difference. That's two generations. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's going to be those differences. I mean, I, I would I would be concerned if there weren't differences. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you get to talk to a lot of people that are watching this and hearing this. And to all those parents out there that have a child that was just like you, what could those parents do different that would have helped you when you were struggling through all this stuff? I would say just listen to your kid. Don't assume things. Don't assume how they're feeling. Just ask them. Just talk to them. Don't try to get it out of them. Just be easy on them. Don't push them to do things they don't want to do. Like don't push them into counseling and um, things that they just mm -hmm. are against. Don't push like Christianity on them. Like that's a big thing for me. Um, yeah, just listen to them is a big thing. Just ask yeah. them how they actually feel. Where do you land on all that? I mean, if he's a pastor and the, and do you feel like it's been shoved down your throat or that you have to live that way? So where does that, where is that placed you now? Um, it has definitely pushed me away from God, mm. but I feel like here I've found God for myself and I've been able to, um, learn about it on my own and read the mm. Bible and get my perspective instead of my dad just saying, this is what it means. This is what it mm. says. Like, yeah, this yeah, is what yeah, God yeah, wants yeah, you yeah, to do. Yeah. And so it definitely did for a while push me away from God and it pushed me away from my dad. It pushed me away from everything about God. Yeah. And I just wish that maybe he would have taken a different route into teaching me being like, um, giving me more of an option than just like forcing it on myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Cool. Yeah. But well, we are so proud of you. You've come a long, long way. You are not the same person. Thank you. Than when you first got here. And, um, Thank you so much for coming in and sharing with us. Thank you. You bet. You bet. <laughs>
eventually I just like stopped forgiving him Mm. and it just really went downhill from there. And when you say it went downhill, like how? Um, I definitely got more suicidal, more very angry, um, depressed, anxious and yeah. So you started, I mean, this thing started tearing you apart a little bit. Yeah. And so what did you do to handle all that? I didn't handle it. I definitely pushed it off. Um, I cut, I didn't eat. Yeah. An Italian that doesn't eat? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a miracle. I know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so so that started happening. What pushed it over the edge that finally somebody said, we got to get help, we got to do something different here? Um, I remember, I think it was last, uh, we were driving to my grandparents' house for Thanksgiving, and, you know, me and my dad were getting into a huge argument, and I told him point blank, like, I want to kill you. Like, I don't, like, I hate you. Hmm. Like, get out of my life. Like, drop me off here. I don't want to go anywhere with you. And wow. we turned the, like, he turned the car around, and I had to go home, and we didn't go to Thanksgiving with them last year. How did he respond when you said that? Uh, he got really, really angry, and, um, like, he... Like, he didn't really, he doesn't really respond, like, when I'm angry with him. He just kind of sits there, and thus, like, he'll explode one point or another, but. You know, not that I tell people how to respond to different things, but I I think if my daughter told me that I wouldn't get angry, I think I'd become very sad. Yeah. I mean, but you were the one that was getting more and more sad. Yeah. And so did you find yourself just kind of going down this hill where you're going, this just isn't working. Yeah, for sure. And when you say that, I mean, suicidal, did you really think, I, I'm just, I'm at the end of my rope? For sure. Like, I did not want to be alive. Like, I'd always, like, read books and pretend I was different people because I couldn't, like, face with, like, deal with the fact that my own life was tearing me apart. Tell me one of your books that you would read and that you would get into. Um, It really didn't matter, the book, as long as it was just... Just anything. Yeah, just not real. Wow. Wow. I mean, did you realize you were doing that? No. <laughs> my therapist and my mom kept telling me, but I'm like, no, I'm not. I know that I'm in the real world. I know that can never be, you know, this or that. But. So when somebody said, okay, we're going to Heartlight, what was your response? I actually wanted to come here because it was either coming to Heartlight or going to family therapy. And I said, well, I'm not going to family therapy, not with my dad. That's not going to happen. So I was like, I'd rather go to Heartlight. Okay, so you get to Heartlight, you move into a house with a group of girls. What was the first realization that something was changing um, in the midst of all of it? Did you see yourself change or? Uh, I saw my surroundings change way more than I saw myself change at first. I was like, wow, you know, I'm not in Ohio. I'm (laughs) in the middle of nowhere in Texas. It's just, yeah, it was so weird. And so, I mean, was, did that usher in a sense of hope or did you kind of go, I'm just a mess? Kind of both. I knew I was a mess, but I was like, I'm not at home, so better than being at home. So you would rather be here than at home? Uh, yeah, I used to be like that, yeah. Wow. Okay, so you've been here for 11 months. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at yourself, what do you see as the biggest change uh, that's happened in your life? Um, 
probably like my ability to trust myself and others. Like I would never ever trust, like I wouldn't even trust myself hmm. like with things. Like I'd be like, no, no, I can't tell myself that cause I'm not gonna, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it seems funny to me that, that you're suicidal and anxious and losing a sense of hope, but but every place that I've seen you on this campus, you've kind of been the life of the party. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, guess. It, it, point those out to me, the, the, the difference between the two. Can you be so hopeless, but yet, I mean, you're not the same person that you were no, when you got here. Not. And I go... So what's changed in you that has, um, because of, of you being here? Um, well, I've always felt that I need to be positive for other people, not for myself. So I need to be like someone who always brings other people up and helps other people in a tough situation. But I mean, from that to when I was at home, I mean, I didn't have to be that. I was I was always the funny person or the girl you'd go to for laughs, but I, like, couldn't take care of myself, and people started to notice, and that's when, mm. like, stuff really went down. Well, Yeah. So when you look back on your time before you got here to Heartland, if you had to describe it. Um, I was not mentally stable at all. I mean, I had just been to psych last October for, like, 22 days. Mm. Um, I mean, I wouldn't eat. I'd drink water. I'd, I'd throw up. I'd, you know, I, like, I planned, I had this plan to kill myself. And I called my friend for, like, six hours just sobbing about how, like, I couldn't do it anymore, how I needed to, like, leave and go to somewhere else and if be it hell or heaven I yeah, didn't yeah. care at that point I was like I can't do it it just really didn't matter no it didn't okay so you come here when was the first day that you realized I don't feel that way anymore did was there an aha moment that kind of popped out um I'd say it was like through the course of maybe a week or two where I was like I can't live like that anymore it's it's like it's a lot of work honestly to be sad all the time mm. and always focus on the negative and um, just be depressed. I mean, it doesn't really feel like it in the moment, but it's hard work. <laughs> yeah. So was there a time that, that you saw, I mean, that, that, that things just kind of changed, that you woke up one morning and it was different or? I mean, not really. There was like, it was, it took like a long time. But probably like four, like three or four months to get me to realize like I actually need to change because I didn't want to change because I didn't even know who I was and I didn't want to change because I thought I'd I thought I'd lose who I was like the little grasp that I'd had of who I was. Do you think that that you were so consumed with just kind of maintaining the atmosphere to keep from going over the edge that? I mean, you really did lose yourself in the midst of it? I definitely did, yeah. Wow. Okay, so you've been here 11 months. Mm-hmm. You're graduating tomorrow. Yeah. Are you fearful? Uh, or, or what kind of feelings are you having about leaving and going home? Um, I'm definitely excited, but I'm also nervous. Okay, excited about? Leaving and, like, going back into the real world and, you know, having access to 
like computers and phones and just people and yeah. like um, not being in a little bubble. But I'm also very nervous because I'm leaving this little bubble and um, like I'll have to go back into regular school for, you know, eight hours mm. a day. Whereas here it's only four days a week. And yeah. it's just going to be it's going to be a lot of change. But hey, tell me about your relationships here. Um. They're, like, so much deeper than every mm. other relationship I have at home because, like, we don't have phones here and, you know, we don't really have as much distractions as we would at home and we're forced here to um, just build, like, good, deep relationships that are real and authentic, so. Is that a hard thing to be forced into having deeper relationships? Definitely. When you don't want it, it's not <laughs> fun. And you didn't, but then, but you've had great relationships with everybody yeah, here. for real. Been crazy. Yeah. Well, we're going to miss you yeah. um, being on this property because you are a joy to be around. And my prayer for you is that when you go home, that you can take what you've learned here and help your family out. Yeah. So the biggest challenge going home the first day you get there will be? Um, I feel like I'm not going to know what to do with myself. Hmm. I'm going to go home and be like, Oh, you know, it's like 7.30, let's get up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I, I don't have an event right now. <laughs> like, oh. what am I supposed to do? But oh. it'll be good. I'm excited. Okay, what changed the most at Heartlight for you is what? So many things, not just one. I'd say, um, like, I'm now, like, a very open and honest person. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I trust other people. I like I love myself, like truly. Yeah. And I never ever thought I'd be able to say that ever mm. my whole mm. life. Mm. But it feels like really, really good to be able to accept myself for who I am and not let anyone really hold me back. That's cool. That's cool. Well, it's gonna be neat to see you graduate, go home yeah. and, and change the world. Uh, yeah, we love you always have since you got here and and we'll continue to do so in the days ahead. Thanks for sitting down and talking. We yeah. know you're full. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.